You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everybody, to a very, very strange and very different and very just kind of scary, to be honest with you, edition of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am Hayden Grove with Cleveland.com, and my guest and my partner, as always, is none other than Mr. Chris Fedor, who, unfortunately, um, due to some events surrounding the Cavaliers and surrounding uh, colleagues and whatnot, is at his home in Bay Village in a self quarantine. So, Chris, first of all, I uh, want to, you know, I know that I know that you say you're fine and everything like that, but it, you know, it's just it's an unfortunate situation for everybody, and I'm, I'm wishing you the best. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying busy, and uh, I'm sure it's good to spend some time with your wife and, and all that kind of stuff. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. Um, obviously, it's been very, very strange. I've been trying to come up with things to write about and things to talk about, and. Uh, it's been harder when you don't have the games to kind of get you through and you don't have the contact with the players and front office members and coaches and stuff like that. There's so many things that I started reporting on that I haven't been able to finish and I would love to finish those, but obviously I need some availability, some time. Everybody's kind of distancing themselves from everything at this point. So it's really difficult. Um, but, but I feel fine. I feel healthy. There was somebody that I was in close contact with that I was worried about recently that had been feeling ill, Hayden. Um, they took the COVID-19 test and it came back negative. So that gave me some peace of mind. That brought some happiness. That brought a little bit of clarity. There's still one more person who is sick that I was also in contact with. Uh, that person has not gotten a test. They haven't been able to get tested because they haven't shown enough symptoms. So I'm kind of waiting out on that. Well, that's good to know that, you know, at least thus far, it doesn't appear that anybody is, you know, that you've been in contact with, you know, extremely closely has been, you know, diagnosed. But yep. um, what was your take when when all this stuff happened in regards to Rudy Gobert? What was your first takeaway from all that? I mean, you know, no, having known that you were around him uh, in the Cavs <laughs> locker room and, and everything like that, what was your first impression? Yeah, that was the first thing that I thought about. I just started retracing my steps. Right. And I started thinking about the people that I was in contact with that were in contact with Rudy and how much interaction I had with them and the timing of when handshakes turned into fist bumps and fist bumps turned into elbow taps and elbow taps turned into six to eight feet away, far away greetings. You know what I mean? Like that's the first thing that I was thinking about is just like, okay, it's not Rudy that I was in contact with because I don't cover the jazz, 
but he was in contact with Cavs players and Cavs players were in contact with me and Cavs players were in contact with coaches on the staff. And I was in contact with coaches on the staff and all those different things went through my mind. And then I was thinking, how am I going to get home from Chicago if I can't board a flight? How am I going to end this road trip if I have all these flights booked already and all these hotel reservations and stuff like that? So that's where my mind first went, obviously. And then I started thinking, um, okay, what's going to happen with the NBA now? Like, is the NBA going to come back in April? Is the NBA going to come back in May? Is this it for the regular season? Is this the last contact personally that I've had with Cavs players and Cavs coaches until the beginning of next season or until summer league? What's going to happen with summer league? What's going to happen with the draft? So as you can imagine, as somebody who covers the NBA, Hayden, you're all looking for answers. You want answers. You want some kind of clarity. And all those different questions that everybody was asking around the country, we were all asking too. So my mind was going in a million different directions. Um, and then I was just trying to get home from Chicago because I was in the middle of that road trip. When did you find out? When did you find out about, you know, your self-quarantine? And when did you kind of realize that this thing may, you know, kind of get much bigger than just, you know, missing a couple games and all this kind of stuff? Yeah, so I think it was Wednesday night, right, that Rudy Gobert tested. Was that right? Yeah, I think that it was. Right. Yes. Yeah, I think it was Wednesday night when the test results came back and it was announced that Rudy Gobert um, had tested positive. So the very next morning, the company called me to talk through everything, who I'd been in contact with, whether I was feeling OK, what the next steps were that I was supposed to take. So I think it was about Thursday after I'd gotten off the phone with a couple of members of the Cavs front office to talk to them about everything, about the steps that they were taking, about how concerned they were because they had played the jazz um, about a week earlier. Um, that's when I first got word that it was probably wise for me based on some contact that I had um, with people around the NBA and just contact that I had with uh, coworkers that it would have been wise for me, um, given everything, to self-quarantine. So obviously I um, talked to you in regards yeah. to myself, in regards right. to you know, self-quarantine. And it was a situation to where you know, I, was, I wasn't necessarily nervous because I wasn't at that particular jazz game. But also, you know, I was in contact with you. I was in contact with, um, I was in contact with uh, you know, Cameron Fields and others. And uh, who we work with. And it just seems like it seemed like, OK, maybe this would be a situation in which um, it would be best for us to, <laughs> you know, maybe think about this. And then, you know, you told me that you thought I'd be OK. Um, did, did that come did that come in regards to just like what the Cavaliers told you or, you know, anything like that? Yeah, it came partly from the Cavs. It came partly from the company. It came partly from people that I was talking to around the league and it came partly from the people that I had known um, that were feeling ill. Uh, they didn't know if they had the flu, right? They didn't know if they had a cold. They didn't know if it was allergies. They didn't know if it was coronavirus. That's one of the weird things about this whole situation, Hayden, is that so many of the symptoms of COVID-19 are very similar just to random other things. It's kind of right in the middle of allergy season, isn't it? 
it's yeah. kind of right in the middle of cold season, especially when you're supposed to be on a long road trip and, and you're traveling and you're staying in all these hotels. So I was just trying to get as much information as I possibly could. But a majority of my comfort came from conversations that I had with the Cavs and their belief that Rudy Gobert did not have coronavirus at the time that he was in Cleveland on March 2nd. And the doctors with the Utah Jazz and the Cavs doctors that were talking amongst each other said that it was highly unlikely that anybody with the organization had it based on timing, based on information, based on when symptoms usually occur and things like that. So um, I started to feel a little bit more comfortable, although this is really, really scary still. And Donovan Mitchell even said it on, I think, Good Morning America yesterday, Hayden. He's like, I'm fine. I'm asymptomatic. And yet I've tested positive for coronavirus. So that's one of the scary things. You may not have symptoms, but you might be carrying it. Um, but but I felt a little bit better after talking to the Cavs and talking to people in the league about just like when symptoms usually occur um, and the realities of, of everything that goes into this particular virus. It really is a scary time. And it's I'm sure for you, you know, having been around it, you're probably your mind was going in a million different directions. I think all sure. our minds are going in a million different directions. Um, so. What have you done since? What have you done since? Have what you taken I extra precautions since? or anything? Um, I mean, you know, the day, so the day that it all kind of went down, Wednesday night, Rudy Gobert got, you know, was uh, reported that he had their coronavirus. Thursday, my parents were coming in. So my parents ended up coming in. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, at that point, there still weren't, wasn't the measures of, you know, closing everything down everything was still open so we kind of just you know played it somewhat safe i mean we didn't go back you know to big any any big concerts or anything but we you know went out to eat and um you know tried to like you know live live a somewhat normal life i mean you know washing our hands and then and then everything kind of just sped up and expedited and uh you know now i mean it's to the point where you know it's gonna we're not gonna be able to go to a rec center we're not gonna be able so we're all gonna be pretty much self-quarantined um mm -hmm. So it's going to be a situation that's going to be very different. There's no gyms open. There's no bars open. There's no restaurants open. There's no, um, you know, entertainment places open. I mean, nothing's going to be open. So it's going to be a situation in which, you know, we're all kind of in the same boat. And uh, I, I mean, it's been very busy for me because, you know, yes, I'm a sports reporter first or sports, you know, social media first. But, um, you know, I'm I have to help these guys. I have to help as much as I can in regards to Corona coverage. So. Saturday and Sunday, I was pretty much the only one on and working, you know, for most of the day and, and posting stuff on social and making sure that all these, you know, updates have been, um, you know, correct and everything that's coming forth, you know, is out to there to the people. So, I mean, I was really worried about no sports, but it's thus. And I think it will get to the point where it's going to be bad. Right. right. We're sport. There's going to be no sports and there's going to be no nothing. And because the updates will kind of slow down. Yes. Um, but the no sports right now is okay, but I'm sure, you know, in a couple of weeks or even in a week from now, I'm going to be like, Oh my God, you know, there's just, there's really nothing going on. And um, it's just crazy to think about. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'm right there with you, Hayden. I think eventually the updates are going to slow down and there's just going to be this down period where you're starting to think about, okay, what are we going to be um, using to fill our time? Um, what is it that we're going to be writing about? What is it that, people are going to want to read about. That's the other thing, because I know right now so many people have so many questions. Um, 
But once you start to answer those questions and give a little bit more clarity, um, then what is it that's going to keep you engaged? I mean, right now in the NFL, you have free agency going on and crazy things are happening with the Browns and crazy things are happening around the NFL. But eventually those things are going to slow down, too. So it'll be very, very interesting. That it will be. Um, And I mean, in regards to the NBA, I mean, that's kind of where all this started. Um, It looks like the NBA is going to be on hiatus for at least 30 days. Chris, do you see the NBA picking back up? And if so, I mean, you know, at this point, it looks like eight. They want to go eight weeks without, um, you know, people of more than 50 gathering. I mean, what is your take on when this thing might actually happen if it does happen again? Wow. It's so hard to say because you just look at the schedule, right? And you look at the timing of this all. And you look at everything that was to come in the offseason, the draft, the lottery, free agency, um, the Olympics, if those are still going on in 2020 and what guys were going to be committed to that. And then you talk about the season ramping up again in September, October. Um, First off, there had been a lot of speculation and conversation in league circles, Hayden, about seeing if maybe in the future – it made sense to push the the start date back. So instead of starting in October, there was conversation about starting the league year, the first game of the regular season on Christmas. Um, And that would uh, have less conflict when it came to the NFL. Uh, So in some ways, this could potentially be a way to figure out how that would look, how that would feel. Because some of these things might get pushed back, free agency, the draft, and then the NBA could get, in some ways, the the kind of information that it wouldn't have been able to get about how that would look, how that would feel, um, and whether it would work full time. So this could be something that they take advantage of. Um, In saying that, it's just hard for me to see whatever we have left, 15 to 18 regular season games. It's just hard for me to see the NBA saying, yeah, we're going to finish the regular season calendar. I think if things pick back up, Hayden, I think it's probably just going to pick up with the postseason. And one to eight is going to be seated the way that the standings are right now in both sides. Um, Because I think the most important thing to them at this point is crowning a champion, if that's even possible. Um, And I think if the playoffs were to start hypothetically in June or something like that, um, that may not be that may not be too late from what they expect to be a new potential calendar. Sorry about that, Chris. No, but I think at this point in time, obviously. Um, it would be very, very difficult for me to see them finishing the regular season. Just very yeah, difficult. I mean, that would make sense. So, so say, okay, say they do kind of start again in June. What does that mean for, I mean, you mentioned that they were looking at us, you know, pushing back the start date anyway. I mean, is that all but um, going to happen now? I mean, because of, you know, Christmas, you mentioned the Christmas Day starting point. Is that going to all happen? Because you have to have, give these t- guys time after the season and then you have to give, um, you know, time for guys to scout and the draft and, and the free agency and everything else. I mean, is this a situation where there's no doubt that this thing is going to, that the, you know, potential 2020, 2021 NBA season starts on Christmas day? 
that's most logical. I often say in life, logic wins a lot of the time, right? So, I mean, if you do mid-June, start of the NBA playoffs. Early August, you've got the NBA finals. End of August, you've got the draft. In this hypothetical, the start of free agency would be September. Summer League, fall, all that kind of stuff goes mid-September or so. Training camp opens in December. I just don't know how else you could do it. It would seem the most logical thing is to start the regular season in December and then in mid-June, the new NBA season would end. And for a league that, again, has been exploring the possibility of that, thinking about that for a few years now, this could give them the avenue to just do that. Um, and it's it's hard for me to see it any other way at this point. How do you envision, I mean, does the, do you think this affects free agency in regards to where guys may go? Do you think this affects the trade market? Do you think this affects... Or is it just going to kind of be same old once this, I mean, once they do pick back up, be it, you know, be they able to pick back up in the playoffs and be they able to crown a champion, does it pick back up kind of like normal? Or is is everything going to be kind of be very, very different just because of all that has happened thus far? I think the one thing that I'm wondering about is the salary cap projections, because teams are going to be losing revenue here. Because they lost some regular season games and who knows what's going to happen with the playoffs as well. So I think when it comes to projected salary cap into the future in a way that a lot of teams were already preparing, that could be affected. I don't know necessarily that it's going to be this offseason, but this offseason, Hayden, was supposed to be relatively quiet anyway. Not a lot of teams have cap space. Many teams are saving their cap space for the summer of 2021, which is the summer of Giannis. Um, And there just aren't a lot of, like, big-name trade candidates. I think the biggest name might be DeMar DeRozan or somebody along those lines. But it's not Anthony Davis, right? It's not maybe, like, Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons can be available because of what they have going on in Philly, and they're trying to figure out if one of those two guys or both those guys would be on the move or one of the two guys would be on the move because they just don't fit together um, properly. So like those are the kinds of names that you're talking about potentially being available in terms of trades. But in terms of free agency, it was supposed to be slow to begin with. I mean, it's just it's it's really crazy to just think about what I mean, what. You know, we've never we have never in the history of sports kind of had anything like this. Right. I mean, right. You know, maybe days at a time in regards to 9-11 or days at a time in regards to other events. But never has a, you know, something so massive taken place in the sports world to where we, you know, we're just I mean, I know you're coming from an educated place and we all are trying to come from an educated place. But it's such unprecedented times that, yeah. It's hard-pressed for any of us to really know what is going to happen. I mean, again, a week ago, right, we were talking about the NBA playing games without fans. We were talking about, oh, you know, this thing might, you know, we, it might be kind of weird. But then all of a sudden we're talking about a, potentially an entire season um, lost. So, yes. I mean, in a week from now, we could be talking about, well, they're going to cancel the rest of the season. They might not get back till 2021. Yeah, it's so funny. I was talking to somebody um, within the Cavs about this, Hayden. Everything's moving so fast and so slow at the same time. Yes. And and if you think about just how quick this has gone with, we talked, what, a week ago 
about closing off locker room access and being six to eight feet away from players and having to lob questions from what Kevin Love called a chip shot away to, okay, we're not going to have any fans in the arena and then Rudy Gobert test positive, and then that's it. It was always going to take one guy testing positive to shut it all down. And it's funny because so many people are getting on Rudy, and Donovan Mitchell even said, well, he hinted that he hasn't had any conversations with Rudy since. So you can tell Mitchell, who has tested positive for coronavirus, is pissed at Rudy Gobert. Um, And he thinks his teammate didn't take it seriously enough. And he laughed in the face of coronavirus. But in some ways, Hayden, Rudy Gobert has saved lives and he has caused um, the country to sit up and take notice. And he caused the NBA to take the most drastic measure um, because at first it seemed like the NBA wasn't looking to take that drastic measure. They were like, can we get by with some games? And if that means no fans, so be it. But we can play more games in this calendar. Then all of a sudden he tests positive and the number of people that they probably saved from getting coronavirus just from the contact that they have, the basketball that they play with, the sweat that's dripping off them, um, all that different stuff. Uh, because he tested positive, it shut that all down and it took away that chance or a highly a high likelihood of that chance happening and other people um, testing positive for coronavirus. So in, in some ways, I think it was Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star who wrote it best in a column just the other day. Um, in some ways, Rudy Gobert is the foolish idiot who is helping a lot of people um, because he tested positive and because he opened a lot of people's eyes and he made everybody else take this more seriously than they were, including the NBA, by the way. I mean, that's, yeah, it's a great way to put it, to be honest, you know, a, a foolish idiot, but also yes. a guy who potentially saved everybody. I mean, you know, sometimes it sometimes you run into good things by accident. And uh, perhaps that was the case for Rudy Gobert. Obviously, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Um, were you surprised that none of the Cavs were, first of all, I mean, put in quarantine or anything in regards to that. I know we talked a little bit about, you know, you talked to the medical team and the medical team didn't seem worried because it seemed like, you know, Rudy contracted it after, but just, just by being around and traveling and, you know, being around so many people all the time, you know, wouldn't you think that some, like there would be more than three people in the NBA to somehow contract this, which I think is the number as of right now. Yeah, that's the number as of right now. And, and yeah. And you know what? I talked to a couple of players uh, that night, the night that it came out that Rudy had tested positive, and I said, look, do you expect to be tested? Have you been told that you're going to be tested? And at that point, they hadn't been told that they were going to get tested or they weren't going to get tested. Um, I think they were informed the next day that they were not going to be tested unless they started showing symptoms. Um, and and I talked to a few of those players after I had learned that new information and they were hoping that they were going to be tested because the minute that you get tested and it comes back, um, especially if it comes back negative, all of a sudden you have this new peace of mind. You have this this new feeling of, oh, thank goodness. And they were hoping for that because they had been around other guys in the NBA, because they had played the Jazz 10 days earlier. But the organization's stance was always the same, Hayden. We're going to keep you updated We're going to monitor you as much as possible. We're going to talk to as many people as possible to give you the information that you need to feel comfortable 
But we understand that the country where it's at right now, there just isn't enough testing. There isn't enough testing available that we're going to use a certain percentage of Cleveland or Ohio's tests if you don't feel symptoms just because we play basketball and just because 10 days earlier we played the Utah Jazz. So their stance was, yes, we're taking this seriously. We have to take this seriously. But we also have to be cognizant of the realities in the country and the lack of testing that's available for most people. And if we don't show symptoms, um, we're not going to take up some tests of some people that may be showing symptoms. So I thought that was admirable that the Cavs took that stance. And they also let everybody know, Hayden, that, hey, look, if, if you demand a test, if you start showing symptoms, let us know and we'll take care of it through our partnership with the Cleveland Clinic. Um, but but I think it was a selfless decision made by the organization. Certainly, it seems that way. Everybody's trying to you know make the best decision for the greater good at this point, I believe. Um, right. I mean, and, and that's the yeah. thing, Hayden, like with this virus, it's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about everybody. It's about protecting your neighbor. It's about protecting communities. It's about looking out for everybody involved, the elderly, the ones that are more vulnerable than maybe you are. So that, that's why the whole social distancing thing is so important. And that's why taking it seriously is so important, because it's also about the people that you surround yourself with and just the people that you come in contact with and trying to protect them and making sure that they're OK. Yeah, again, it's 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 there's so many. Like, I remember on the first the first podcast we did, we just we were we went layer by layer by layer yeah. in regards to John Beeline's, you know, exit. I mean, we could we could sit here for, you know, well, and the funny thing is, you know, I don't want to we don't want to give too much away today because we got to we got to potentially do this every Monday for the next, you know, two months. And we'll likely still be kind of hanging around and waiting for basketball to start. So right. I mean, maybe this will be just the start of the opening layer in regards to, um, you know, this coronavirus and how it has affected us, how it has affected the NBA. Um, so as of right now, I mean, do you think that these guys that are playing, I mean, have you had any contact with any of the team officials? Have you had any contact with any of the players? I mean, what are you, what are they doing right now? Yeah, so it's interesting because it seems like everybody's just waiting for more information and trying to take their cues from the NBA, what's allowed, what's not allowed, and just um, what they should be doing next. I think everybody's just waiting, and it's really, really difficult because of that. Um, I talked to one member of the front office who was on a scouting trip. Um, he was overseas in Europe. And I talked to him that Wednesday when everything went down and he said he was just trying to leave there as soon as possible. He was in Madrid and he found a flight out. He was able to get back home because he had been in a European hotspot, so to say. He's in self-quarantine right now. Um, he's probably going to be that way for another week, week and a half or something along those lines. So you worry about the scouts that have been out. Um, not just around the country, but outside the country as well, scouting some of these international prospects. Um, and I think for somebody like general manager Kobe Altman and head coach J.P. Bickerstaff, they're trying to inform the players as much as possible. They're trying to stay in touch with 
medical professionals and people around the league and say, hey, like, what is it that we're supposed to be doing here? And I think everybody's just looking for as many answers as they can possibly get. But this is so unprecedented that it's so hard to get that kind of information. Well, Chris, like I said, we have we have a ton to, <laughs> we could get into today, um, but we do want to save a little bit of it for down the road. But the good news is that we have a lot of time for questions from mm-hmm. uh, the people of Twitter, and we will have an abundance of time, it seems. <laughs> we might we can make this a biweekly thing right now. I mean, you know, I, I would assume that you're that you're I mean, obviously, you're trying to, you know, do things at home and, and keep yourself occupied. But. You know, you have time, I would assume, and as do I. Yes, of course. All right. Well, I have all the time in the world. I mean, there's only so much Netflix I can watch. Right, right, exactly. So perhaps we'll have to do some uh, special editions, but um, there's just so much here to to dive into, and there's so much in regards to, you know, what happens if the season's over, what happens with this, what happens with that. But the good news, like I said, is that we do have some questions from, from Twitter, and be sure always, guys, to send us questions on Twitter. You can send them to Chris at Chris Fedor, and you can send them to me at H underscore Grove. I retweeted Chris today, and Chris got some responses back in regards to the questions. So, Chris, I think we're going to get to every question today, which should be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them are kind of based on um, the draft. I mean, because that's in reality, if the Cavs se- and the Cavs season is, what, what percentage would you say the Cavaliers season is over as of right now? <laughs> Am I just going to be the guy that says 50-50? <laughs> I mean, you could be, and you could be of no help to us. But, I mean, if that's honestly your take, then that's honestly your take. I mean, I just think in a situation like this, Hayden, everything's on the table. And there's nothing that somebody could suggest, whether it's cutting out the remainder of the regular season, starting the playoffs in July, shortening some of the playoff series, maybe taking it from eight down to six in the playoffs. Whatever somebody suggests at this point, I think everybody would be open to at least listening to that possibility because of where we are and because there is no guideline for this sort of thing. How do you handle this sort of thing? I don't know. There's no rule book. There's nothing in place for this sort of thing. So um, I'll say maybe a little bit higher than 50% that the regular season is over. And that just has to do with the realities of where we are in the calendar right now. All right. So say, so the regular season is over. The Cavaliers will be in the lottery. They'll probably have a t- chance for a top uh, pick. So the question from Chris Hanning is the Cavs end up with a third pick behind Golden State and Atlanta. Who is the pick? I don't know. Tell me the other two that are taking <laughs> That's great. Right. I mean, I mean, I would have to know who Golden State would take in that scenario and who Atlanta would take in that scenario. If you could give me examples of that, I could probably give you a more informed answer. So let's say, I don't know, who would have the number one pick right now? Like Golden State. Yeah. Based on standings. But of course, it's a lottery. So you have to take that into account. Um, I don't know what Golden State would even do. I'm trying to think of their team. I guess they would probably take Anthony Edwards. So let's say that it's Anthony Edwards one. Uh, who are we giving Atlanta? Wiseman, Not a point maybe. Guard. May, I don't know. They just they just traded for Clint Capella. Yeah. So it's not a point guard. They have Trey Young. So I would think Lamelo Ball is up. They have like a 
power forward who can space the floor and play some five in John Collins. So I don't know if Obi Toppin comes into play for them. Uh, um, I don't think they would take Denny. They just used a high pick on both DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. I don't know what they would do. All right, I guess let's give them Wiseman just because. Uh, so in that scenario, I think, oh boy, that's tough. I think the Cavs would strongly consider LaMelo Ball, and I think they would strongly consider Denny Avdija in that scenario. Okay, Denny Avdija and LaMelo Ball. I like it. Yeah. All right, we are moving along with the questions uh, because there are plenty of them, so we want to get to them. Uh, this is a good question. Speaking of Denny Avdija, uh, OO, who they call, what do you call the big O? Is, isn't that what you call The big, the big o, o, yeah, the kid from the USC. Yep. Yes, the big O or Denny. Um, that comes from John Kocher, or Co- Kocher, I think that's how you pronounce it. So the Cavs have done work on both. They actually watched a practice of USC and then a game of USC to watch the big O. General manager Kobe Altman did that. I still think they would take Avdija. Um, I think both make sense and both bring things that the Cavs need. But I think positional need... Um, along with overall talent, would get them on Avdija. All right. I like it. Um, Mark Steller comments with a question. Stop me if you've heard this from me. Any scenario you see Tristan Thompson back? Oh, it's so hard to see that. I just know that anything has changed from the time of the trade deadline to now. And the information that I was getting at the time of the trade deadline is the minute that the Cavs traded for Andre Drummond, the likelihood of anything happening with Tristan Thompson was very, very small in terms of re-signing him. And I think if the Cavs would have been more comfortable with where the contract extension negotiations with Tristan were, and if they would have been more comfortable with the chances of bringing him back this upcoming offseason, I don't know. I mean, they probably still make the trade for Andre Drummond, but I don't know if they would have been hunting rim protectors the way that they were. And beyond Andre Drummond, I had heard that the Cavs had conversations with Indiana about the potential of landing Miles Turner. They didn't go anywhere. The Cavs didn't have what it was going to take to get Miles Turner. But it showed the direction that the Cavs were going in, and it showed how much they felt like they needed one of those kinds of rim-protecting true bigs. So given what they gave up, they probably still go after Drummond, but but if things were progressing in a better way with Tristan Thompson, maybe they weren't um, focused as much on rim protecting bigs the way that they were. So I just think it's highly unlikely that he comes back unless unless the market is completely dry and then Tristan would have to settle for something around the mid-level exception of about nine, ten million dollars. Maybe in that sense, he would say, if that's all I can get elsewhere, maybe it makes more sense for me to try and re-sign in Cleveland, continue my career there. Um, but that's a lot of ifs. All right, moving right along with the question. Mike says, what, uh, is your per- or what does your personal big board look like? Any free agent preferences if the rest of the regular season is canceled? So, Hayden, they're not going to have a lot of free agency money. Well. Let's let's rephrase that. Let's start over. If Andre Drummond opts into his player option, which is 
what a lot of people are expecting him to do. Um, the value of bigs like him have gone down significantly. The Cavs were able to get him for just cap space. So because of that, I don't think a lot of teams are going to line up and use their available cap space and free agency on guys like him. It's just not realistic. No matter how talented he is, no matter if he is a two-time All-Star, the value of that position in guys like him, that has dropped significantly. So that's why the most likely outcome is Dre opting into his contract this offseason um, and then maybe exploring the free agent market in 2021 when teams are going to have a lot more cap space and they're not going to be able to use it all because only one team is going to get Giannis, if anybody. So they're going to try and spend that, that money that they've saved up elsewhere and maybe then they turn to guys like Andre Drummond. So I think he's going to opt into his contract, and therefore it's going to take a lot of the cap space that the Cavs would have. Um, if he opts in, they go from what could be 20 to $40 million in cap space based on cap holds, based on where they're going to be drafting, um, based on what happens with Tristan Thompson, to basically no available cap space. And then the only free agency moves that they could make, Hayden, would be signing guys with the mid-level exception. So now you're talking about 9 to $10 million, and now you're talking about competing with other teams around the NBA for those same level of free agents. And I just don't think the Cavs would be high on the list of a lot of available free agents in that kind of market. I don't think they could be very competitive in that kind of market. Um so I don't think it makes sense to have too many conversations about what the Cavs can do in free agency and, and what targets they're going to have, because that's just that's just not their reality after trading for Andre Drummond. All right, we're going to keep going with the questions. And again, you can send them in to us on Twitter at Chris Fedor and at H underscore Grove. Uh, Bobcat guy 54 says if. Oh, wow. Breaking news, by the way. Uh, you ready for this one, Chris? I'm ready. It's a good one if you're a Browns fan. Jack Conklin agrees to a three-year deal with the Browns for $42 million. Hey! So the Browns, some good Browns news. Um, well, I mean, what? first, I'm going to have to do something with this. Um, but <laughs> so, so, as, so as we do that, so as we do that, um, what are your first thoughts on this Conklin news? I mean, I know, I hope, I hope we don't uh, get in trouble in regards to um, uh, making this too much of a Browns chat, but what are your thoughts? Does this mean we have to phone a friend and call in Dan Lobby and Mary Do we Kay? We have to Cabot call in Lobby or Mary Kay. I don't know. Uh, a couple things. Obviously, they're front-loading contracts because they're going to have to pay Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, all those other guys coming up in the future. Two, Andrew Barry, the new general manager, shout out Sashi Brown guy, um, said that he was going to be aggressive in free agency. And he has backed that up. And three, it's clear that they're trying to do everything that they can do to make Baker Mayfield successful, which is smart. The coach that they brought in, right, the quarterback's coach that they brought in. Now they've added Austin Hooper, great red zone threat, uh, the kind of threat that the Browns were missing last year because Njoku was uh, unhealthy. Um, and now beefing up the offensive line or starting to beef up the offensive line because they have a lot more work to do there, Hayden. Um, this is what you need to do when you have a young quarterback 
that you believe in still as an organization um, that is on a team friendly deal. This is when you have to take advantage of that, because eventually he's not going to be on a team friendly deal. Miles Garrett's not going to be on a team friendly deal. And these kinds of moves are not going to be there for the Browns to capitalize on. Well, <laughs> this kind of throws a wrench in everything in regards to the podcast, but I will finish. I will let you answer these two uh, questions uh, that yeah. were left. And uh, again, we appreciate your questions and we won't get too deep on the Conklin issue because we don't want to step on our colleagues' toes. And Mary That's Kate right. Have it, Dan Lobby, Ellis Williams. Uh, so go check out their Orange and Brown Talk podcast after, of course, you listen to this podcast, because I mean, I'm not trying to like monetize or, or get hap- or get more people to, to tune in because of your condition, Chris. And I know you're feeling fine, but you are in self-quarantine. So <laughs> listen to us first. Chris is on self-quarantine. Listen to us first. Um, this is a great question from Bobcat Guy. Uh, if the NCAA gave everyone more new- one more year of eligibility, how would that affect the draft? One more year of eligibility? Yeah. Would so the players the guys have to take it? Say that again. Would the guys have to take it or do they get the choice of taking it? No, that's I think that was his question is what do you think would happen? Would it be more, you know, more guys taking it or more guys going straight to the NBA still? I still think guys would go to the NBA. Like, okay. for example, Obi Toppin. Right. What else can he do at Dayton to improve his draft stock? Nothing, really. Uh, James Wiseman from Memphis is fed up with the NCAA. So even if he got cleared, I don't think he would take it. Anthony Edwards going back to Georgia wouldn't make any sense because he's the presumptive number one pick, even though he didn't play like the number one pick all year long. So I just think the guys um, who are at the top of the draft, Hayden, would probably still make the same decision to enter the NBA draft. On top of that, there is a belief, Hayden, that this 2020 draft is really, really weak. And 2021 shapes up to be a lot stronger. So I think if you can enter the 2020 draft, because, yeah, exactly right. Get your money and you'll be a higher pick. Like the guy who might go 10, let's say this year in 2020, would probably maybe possibly be like 25 to 30 in 2021. And then beyond that, you have to start factoring in in 2022, 2023 there's a chance that the one-and-done rule expires. So I think a lot of people um, would be wanting to get into this 2020 draft. That makes a lot of sense as the as the Browns takes are uh, already pouring in uh, in regards <laughs> to the Jack Conklin. And I guess, again, go check out the other podcasts. And, well, that's a great thing, you know. I think amongst all this, you know, all this kind of lack of news, I think the NBA free, or NFL free agency is – uh, providing all of us a little cathartic, um, you know, breaking news and all that stuff. So um, go check that out. I'm sure they'll have a podcast on the Orange Brown Talk. But the last question that we have for you, uh, Chris, on the uh, or, or excuse me, the Wine and Gold Talk podcast is comes from uh, David. I am Dave with three E's. If the Cavs bring back Delhi, will they bring back Delhi? And will Delhi start if Garland's back or if once Garland gets back? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think he would start. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, Darius Garland is considered the Cavs starting point guard of the future. Um, at one point, he was looked at as like the only point guard that they trusted until J.B. Bickerstaff took over 
uh, Delhi got an opportunity and he ran with it and he showed why he is so valuable. Um, so I think there's a chance that he is back this offseason, Hayden, provided that it's on a small contract and provided he wants to come back to Cleveland. Because um, coming into this year, the Cavs knew that they weren't going to be able to trade every single guy that they had on an expiring contract. And there were one or two guys that they were hoping to keep around as culture pieces. Delhi fit that. Tristan Thompson fit that. Again, I think it's highly unlikely that Tristan is back. But they've already traded Brandon Knight. They traded John Henson. Um, I don't think they'll bring back Ante Zizic as that quote-unquote culture piece. So the one that fits that mold is Delhi. He can be a leader on the court and off the court. He can help groom Darius Garland. And it's funny because a lot of guys said um, before the NBA decided to suspend play, they said Darius Garland needed to watch Delhi play while Darius was out with the groin injury and recognize how Delhi ran the team and recognize like how he put everybody before him. Um, that wasn't a shot at Darius, but the reality is Darius didn't know how to run the team the way that Delhi did because he didn't have that experience, right? Because he uh, was just a rookie trying to find his way. So um, the Cavs were hoping the way that Delhi was playing um, right up until the suspension of play would be something that Darius took note of, rubbed off on him, and if he didn't implement it in the final few games of the regular season, um, they were hoping that Darius would take some of the lessons learned by watching Delhi carry that into the offseason and then maybe into year two. Well, Chris, we appreciate the time as always. And, uh, you know, it's always great to chat with you. Um, what if, I mean, uh, let me ask you real quick. I mean, you, you asked me what I've been doing and basically I mean, it's been nonstop. It's been nonstop updates and work from either governor DeWine or, uh, you know, Dr. Acton or, you know, even this NFL breaking news today. So what have you been doing outside of, you know, perhaps watching or excuse me, uh, writing a little bit and, uh, taking some questions from me and from us. Uh, during the Wine and Gold Talk podcast? Oh, boy. A lot of Netflix. What have you been watching? So, I love Criminal Minds. Um, okay. That's one of my go-to shows when I'm traveling and I'm on a plane and I'm not sleeping on a plane. Um, so, I think I'm on season 12 of that. Okay. So, I'm continuing to watch Criminal Minds and seeing if I can get through that. There's a show on Netflix called Love is Blind that yeah, somebody told me that. to watch. Yes. I've been watching that. It's very Bachelor-y. Is so, it? Yeah, in some ways it is. It's got a different twist to it because what it is is these two people, a man and a woman, they go into a secluded room behind a wall. And the concept is they are there to form an emotional connection rather than a physical connection at first. So they don't get to see the person that they're talking to. They're just talking to somebody behind a wall and they're taking notes based on who they are, what they like, what they don't like, how compatible they are. And then eventually, once they pick that person as their future um, spouse, then they get to meet that person and see, okay, now that we have this emotional connection that we've developed, can we build that into a physical connection? And then can we sustain that connection and get married? 
It's very, very interesting. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I'm more hooked now that I'm watching it. And I'm fascinated to see if any of these relationships are actually going to last. Because again, like you hadn't seen the person once you decided to propose to them and pick them. So it's crazy when you think about it. That is absolutely insane. And I mean, did you watch, did you watch The Bachelor this year? Of course I did. Yes. Yeah. And it was a mess, right? From the beginning to the end. Complete mess. And those people saw each other. (laughs) Right. So you took one of those elements out of the equation, one of those unknowns out of the equation. So now think about this show. So you have to watch it, Hayden. It's fascinating. Um, You're like like the fifth person to tell me that. So I feel like I have to know. But here's the other thing, right? So they're quote unquote dating each other by having these conversations. And then all the guys are going back into the guy bungalow and they're having conversations about these same girls that they're trying to woo. Right. So there's conflict amongst the guys a little bit because in some ways they're fighting for the same girl. And some of the girls are fighting for the same guy. So that becomes fascinating, too. I mean, it just it sounds like something that, unfortunately, I'm going to be very much into in a time <laughs> that will be very soon. Like, it just it's feels worth- like it feels like it's something that I'm very much going to be watching within the next couple weeks, for sure. Yes, it's worth it. I'm enjoying it. So if so, if you're not watching Netflix, if you're not, you know, uh, do kind of work in and trying to, you know, get some work done. What else are you doing? Anything? Cooking? Just hanging with the wife? Is that it? Have, oh, you so can't leave the house, right? You're you're not right. Right. I mean, oh. we have some things that that we have to do around the house. Obviously, um, we're in the process of renovating our bathroom. Don't know okay. how that's going to work because if the entire world is soon going to be under quarantine, I'm not sure who's going to be able to help that. But but my wife has started that process and I've started taking down some of the shelves that were up previously. Um, I connected one of our TVs. We bought a new TV for the basement. So I connected that uh, laundry, catching up on that. Um, There are some things that we're going to be hanging in our house that we haven't been able to do. Maybe some yard work outside. I don't know if that's allowed, but maybe I can do some of that. I don't know. Just random stuff like that. If you're outside. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm with you there. Like, you know, if it's your back. I mean, again, I think it's more so like don't be around people if you're you're, I mean, you're around your wife anyway. So if you're outside of your house, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Yeah, so I think I'm going to get in some running on the treadmill. I'll be oh, able to have, do that. Well, that's always big to have a treadmill in your house. Yes, I have one of those in my house, so I can take advantage of that since I can't go to the gym. Maybe do a little lifting here and there. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be looking for ideas from people on things that Where, I should have, be doing. Do you have places to lift? Yeah, my basement. I have free oh, weights have, and stuff like free that. Weights? Good yeah. for you. That's where I'm going to be struggling, man. I mean, I'm going to have to like go back to the push-ups. And stuff, <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. The old oh school. God. Start doing jumping have, jacks and whatnot. Yeah, like, I might have to like get into insanity or something. <laughs> you know? The well, old who was it? Way. There was some app. I don't remember who it was. Some workout app released free um, workouts, like core workouts, uh, other workouts that you can do at home by not going to the gym. I don't remember which app it was, but that is a great idea. That is yeah. so awesome. It might, it, that might have to be me. I don't like, 
I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, because some, I'm sure a lot of the people that, you know, go to the gym don't have free weights in their home. And like, you know, they're yeah. going to be severely out of shape in their minds by the time this thing ends. I mean, not That's that it really matters. As long as we're like physically healthy, I guess it doesn't matter. But I'm sure all those people that are on the game train or whatever they call it are like, right. Pretty upset they can't go to the gym. <laughs> right. And how many people are just at home that are just going to make meals for themselves and start eating everything that's in the house? Oh, I know that's I mean, me. They, yeah. I think that's going to be all of us. Yeah. We're just going to be sitting here bored. I mean, I know that I stock up, stocked up today on different stuff, and my parents were here helping me stock up. So I'm a big snacker too, and that's the problem. So I just, yeah, it's, it's rough. But you know, in all seriousness, I mean, those are small potatoes and compared to, you know, the many things that many people are dealing with. And uh, I guess I know that you do, too. I, I wish uh, nothing but the best for health and safety for everybody. And I hope we can get back to normal here um, pretty, as I mean, somewhat soon, right? Right, right. Uh, somewhat soon. Yeah, I think we're going to have to redefine normal for a while. That's for sure. You know what the good news is, though, Chris? And and and. I think it's good for a lot of different reasons. I think that this is going to make us appreciate so much more, yeah, right? I agree. Like when, like I think if baseball does get back, if they do have baseball this season, like I think the the attendance is going to be absolutely through the roof. Yep. You understand what I mean? Because like I people do. are going to be holed up for so long, and they're going to be like, man. What what would be the most what would be what would be nicer than going out to a ball game on a 75 degree day in the you know in the end of summer with the base or a, or maybe not 75 but 85 degree day in the summer with the a hot dog and a beer and a you know yeah. peanuts I mean it's gonna be people are gonna appreciate so much more about you know just being able to do things and, and enjoy things music concerts baseball games whatever yeah even watching it on TV too Hayden oh yeah. I've- I think we have taken for granted just how much access we have to Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA. There's so many different channels devoted to it. I was I was scouring my info guide over the weekend, and on Channel 3, golf was supposed to be on. And Channel 4, I think it was supposed to be college basketball selection show or something like that. And you just kept going down the list of the different sports that were occupying so many of those channel, uh, those channels. And now it's a channel challenge to find something um, to replace that. So I, I just think like we got used to it being on any time we wanted on so many different channels and so many different leagues um, being available to us. And now like all of them are gone except for what MMA or something like that. Yeah, I think MMA and a little bit of golf, as you mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the one thing that during hard times, during tragic times, everybody's like, well, at least, you know, we have sports and we have our, you know, concerts and our music to like right. fall back on. And now it's like, oh, shoot, well, that's gone. I mean, you know, it just makes us appreciate so much more, you know, especially us, like being around the guys and being around the teams. And and I think it makes it's going to make us that much more grateful. I think it's just everybody. I think everybody who even you know is either involved with it or works in sports or is around sports or whatever i think we're all just going to be very grateful once this thing passes and uh once we kind of again find that new normal whatever that new normal may be Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting all right well we will probably do another broadcast here or another uh, podcast excuse me um within the next week i mean you can expect it next monday for sure 
Um, but until then, I mean, Chris and I have, well, hopefully we'll have some time and um, we'll be able to answer more of your questions. We'll be able to talk a little bit more about how things are progressing in regards to coronavirus in the NBA. Um, we'll have, so hopefully we'll have some more clarity in regards to whether the NBA will have a postseason, will have a re regular rest of the season. I don't know. But in the meantime, uh, there's NFL free agency, which is going on. So go check out our colleagues at the Orange and Brown uh, Talk podcast. And um, we'll sit here and hopefully we'll be feeling great and finding our way through this very, very scary and difficult time.